Hey, Scuttlebuds. Sometimes life doesn't seem fair. We've all experienced this feeling, right? Maybe you were anticipating a promotion, but someone else got it. Perhaps you were chosen for jury duty again. Or it could just have come about when you realized your wife is sleeping with the mailman. And the Amazon guy. And the FedEx driver. And the kid from Uber Eats. And, jeez, you just gotta leave her, dude. Anyway, when life doesn't seem fair, you need to remember it's a state of mind. You know you shouldn't feel sorry for yourself. Persevere. Carpe diem. So today we're going to have a conversation about how sons and daughters are traditionally raised a little differently in traditional nuclear, step, and single-parent families. Is it right? Is it wrong? Why are we treating our sons and daughters differently? How were you raised? Why am I asking so many rhetorical questions? Let's find some answers. Are you ready to do this? We're hanging. This episode is brought to you by APC Pest and Termite Control, knocking them dead since 1981. And by Perez Martial Arts, perfect for kids, teens, and adults martial arts lessons. Small Town Scuttlebots. <laughs> hey, Skittlebuds, uh, you don't know this, but we're giggling. <laughs> we're giggling over here because this is the third time I tried starting the show and I come out flat because I'm just, you know what? I can't be on all the time. I can't be in the best of moods every single day. And uh, I'm taking the day off as far as happy time goes. I'm, I'm just like, bleh, whatever. All right, is there something that you need to emotionally unpack here, Rick? To kind of just get you in a better mindset. We're here for you. Well, I'm going into Boston tonight to do some stand-up. And mm-hmm. it's an open mic. And mm-hmm. I'm getting sick of listening to shitty comedy. There. Done. Done. Yeah. I, I'm all set with listening to the 24-year-old girl talking about dating. It has to be funny. And with the amount of content that's out there with podcasts, stand-up specials, radio show, whatever it is, you don't have to subject yourself to things that aren't funny. Yeah. It's a really, it's, you're, it's, you're punishing yourself. I feel <laughs> I, like you're a glutton for punishment. You know, I grew up thinking stand-up comics are always the funny, you know, popular, the mm-hmm. cool people that are quick-witted. They're so smart and just, they control the room. I, I've always looked up to that. I've appreciated that alpha persona, right? And then I go out now, and it's like, where do you people come from? It's a bunch of nerds. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm like, who are you? Do you what? The other thing is, I'm at a crossroads of like, what am I doing with my stand up comedy? Because if you can't get out like three or four nights a yeah. week and make those connections and start networking on top of writing the jokes and working them out, you're you know you're you're limited. And exactly. I I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like uh, being 46, living, you know, 45 minutes away from the city is not helping the stand-up comedy endeavor. Certainly not. I don't think there's a crazy open mic, you know, industry here in the suburbs. I went to one in Dedham. Oh, And it was awful. The the host was drunk. Oh. Okay. Wasted. And then I got up 
And uh, he left. He left the stage. And then we all had five minutes, but he left. So I'm going to keep the party going. Oh so God. I kept going. <laughs> While I'm up on stage, these three idiots in the corner were like, tell a racist joke. Can you believe oh that? Oh, my God. Tell- As they have their phones out with record. Oh, yeah. Tell a racist joke. Oh, my God. I'm like, all right. Animals. We all come out to work on some comedy. And three rednecks in the corner. <laughs> I would say, though, like the comedians you and I like and the type of comedy you and I like, they honed their craft by growing up having to use comedy as almost like a defense mechanism or a coping mechanism because those Mm -hmm. kids were bullied. They came from shitty homes. They had absentee parents. They're addicts. Whatever. So they have they've turned their stories of tragedy into comedy through real hardcore life experience. I'm going to guess <laughs> that the 24-year-old girl at your open mic tonight that's talking about her crazy dating stories <laughs> is probably still living with mom and dad. They're paying for the lease on her BMW. She, you know, I mean, like, I'm just stereotyping here, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not sure <clears throat> what kind of tragedies she had to turn into comedies. Mm. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is it, it affects my performance. Right. I'm, I'm so pissed off. But, hey, it's like an hour and a half of this shit. And then I get up there. Hey, my name's Rick Fick. Here's your fucking jokes. Okay, good night. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly an inspiring <laughs> atmosphere. <laughs> I was in a basement of this one place, did my five minutes, and literally just said, all right, I'm all done. And I put the mic back in the stand, walked right out, up the stairs, out the door, and I just said, Fuck that. <laughs> that was my yeah. attitude. And so for the time to Ugh. commute in and out of Boston and the time that you had to wait, that's what, two and a half hours before you got five minutes? Yeah. It's yeah. not a great return on your investment. No, it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough about me. All right, let's talk about something positive. As we mentioned last week, our live event at Zulo has sold out. Mm-hmm. However, Scuttlebuds, they're... Potentially could be some tickets that become available if folks, you know, find out they have a conflict or can't get a sitter or whatever it is. There's a very slim chance there might be a couple tickets available before the event. Should you still want to attend because you missed out in the 36 hours that they were on sale, um, send us your email address, smalltownscuttlebutt.com, and we will put you um, on our wait list for the live show. Yeah, very good. I've been getting hit up quite a bit. Yes. With uh, try to get try to get to your show. This is all those friends I was shitting on. Yes. I went to that party. Oh. Yeah. How'd that go? Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was great. I met a lot of cool people, you know, yeah. and uh, and then other people, but you know, it wasn't it it was not a rare occurrence for someone to say, "Hey, when's that show?" or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't. You know what? We don't have to talk about it. Right. Because. Uh, that conversation's so like three days ago, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sold out. You can't go. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I don't know if you noticed in the most recent issue of the Medfield Insider, which is the weekly newsletter about mm-hmm. all the goings on in our town. Yes. We got another shout out. We did. In the newsletter that said the small town scuttlebutt event at the Zulo Gallery sold out, quote, in a matter of hours. Oh, nice. Which, yeah. I had like people forward me the email and being like, this is so cool. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is good. So that was nice. Yeah. So, all right. That should make you feel good. All right. We're, you're focusing your energy on where it matters, where you're going to get the return on your investment yes. from our listeners coming out to support us. We're going to give right. them an evening of wild entertainment. That's right. We sure are. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we seg that in, segue that into uh, this note I have here about you? Why you have? Can I just bring? 
Yes, please do. Intro, bullet number three. Liz fills Rick in on her discovery of the perfect pant for effortlessly cool moms. Yes. So, okay. There are two (laughs) things I wanted to bring to the table today that tie back to topics we've discussed on the podcast. The Mm -hmm. first is this pant. So, I was doom scrolling through Facebook. Wait, stop. (laughs) Doom scrolling. Yes. I feel like we have some of these. We're always going to just throw out words that we should never say again. Yeah, and, and, and you, we should have put that on the list. Doom scrolling. <laughs> doom scrolling. Doom, scro- yes. doom scrolling just means you. Uh, the time suck, right? Mm-hmm. Just, okay. Yes. Yes. It's never just heard a complete it. Waste of my time. So I follow a couple of fashion bloggers on Facebook, and mm-hmm. you know these are these are women. They're my contemporaries. They're they're in their forties, moms, and what have you. Yep. And so I stopped on one of the posts and. She said she had a bunch of links, and in one of them, she said, "This is the perfect pant for their effortlessly cool mom." And I was like, "Well, I want to be effortlessly cool. Like, mm. I obviously need these pants." Mm-hmm. So I clicked on the link. Guess what it was? Well, judging from the party I was at the other night, <laughs> uh, those black yoga pant legging things that kind of look like leather pants. If only. Okay. Sweatpants, Rick. No! That, I just realized, no. have, and I don't know if you've noticed this, they've been rebranded as joggers. Come on. Swear to God. What are we so doing? So look at these cool joggers I got. <laughs> look at my cool, my effortlessly cool joggers. Now, all I could think of was that episode of Seinfeld when George decides he's only going to wear sweatpants from now on, mm-hmm. and Jerry looks at him and he goes, that's kind of a look that says I've given up. Yes. Ladies. I don't care. You call them sweatpants. You call them joggers. It looks like you've given up. Mm -hmm. And when I see people out and about wearing these joggers, do you know what they're not doing? Trying. Jogging. Jogging. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I don't care what you call these things. They are not effortlessly cool. They're sloppy. Yeah. So that's my rant about the perfectly polished pant or whatever it was. Yeah. No, I. Mm -hmm. So the trendsetter here is the high school boy. (laughs) Totally. Because the high school boy for about two years now has been wearing nothing but gray sweatpants. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, if I were in high school today, I would have all the girlfriends I wanted because I wore jeans. Yeah. There's not a pair of jeans to be found. Like I just dropped off. What's wrong with jeans? They're not, apparently they're not cool. No. My son has so many pairs of sweatpants. I can't shut his dresser drawer. It's ridiculous. And he said to me, he's like, mom, you should really get into streetwear. Yeah. And Dan goes, I'll fucking divorce you if you do that. Because <laughs> it's just sweat pants and oversized sweatshirt. It's, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I mean, can my 14-year-old son pull off? Absolutely. You know, he's a 14-year-old boy. There's this uh, one guy I work, uh, work out with uh, in Boston doing stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. He's young, urban, cool, hip. Yep. I had commented that he and this other guy were wearing the exact same outfit, a, a dark green sweatshirt with, like, black pants. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, what, what, I guess I gotta get with the program, huh? I'm not, I'm not cool." And he goes, "Well, the jeans." <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! We were just kind of making fun of each other, <laughs> but he's like, "You look like a dad because I was wearing jeans." And I'm wow. like, but, "And I was like, dude, they're they're dark jeans." I was just gonna say, with a nice dark yeah. jean is very polished. They're looking. lucky brand, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Okay. So again, I don't care what you call them, sweatpants, joggers. It's a look that says I've given up. Period. Yeah. Now, can women uh, 
accessorize this and dress it up? Like wear like something like no. do, do you wear jewelry with it? Do you do your hair with it? I or is it head to toe just couch? There's no way look. to dress up a pair of sweatpants. Like if you're talking about a pair of leggings, could you mm. wear like a cool tunic turtleneck sweater with a pair of knee high boots and some yes, cool accessories? Yes. All, that. All day long, you can yep. do that. Yep. Sweatpants, your elastic waistband and cuffed ankles. No, 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 no. Oh, they're not even the kind of sweatpants that are open at the bottom? No, no. I wasn't necessarily thinking I'd give them a pass, but it'd be better than that elastic mm-hmm. ankle. Right. Flattering on no one. No. Mm. Yeah. So that's me just venting about the jogger. Okay, so I got to vent <laughs> about doing some comedy with some people that are absolutely not funny. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about um, some fashion trends that you're just not in agree- agreement with. Yeah. I, I wish we could pull the scuttlebuds in and, and listen to them. Actually, we could do that, right? Don't we yeah. have some letters? We do have let's some just, letters. You let's, know, let's, yes. just, let's just go around the table, everybody. Have mm-hmm. a nice bitch session. And hey, if you <laughs> scuttlebuds are out there wearing... <laughs> joggers right now and you think I'm crazy that this is a trend I should embrace and I should give it a try as you know you said last week about mm-hmm. the boost oxygen thing like yeah. you don't want to shit on something without trying it mm-hmm. hit me up let me know if I'm really missing out on something here yeah that's right um, go to the website hit the grievance line tell us uh, are my jeans really not cool <laughs> and is Liz not cool for for not wearing joggers yeah because I would hate to think that you and I are way off the mark on, on what's going on. I thought we had our finger on the pulse. I thought so, too. Mm. But that post, Facebook post made me question everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's hear from our listeners, Rick. Okay. okay? Let's do it. So I've got a letter here, an email here. Mm-hmm. It's dr- addressed to you personally. Uh-oh. Dear Rick. Who's it from? First names. Please hold. Okay. Sorry. Dear Rick. I love your, and in parentheses, please notice I spelled your correctly, co-hosts laugh. Love, mom. It was from your mom. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to read it, not because she likes my laugh, but thank you, Diane. Um, (laughs) But it was so cute. Look at it. Love, mom. Oh, yeah, there you go. Hi, mom. I love that she listens. Did she listen? Did you know she listened? I always figured my mom would listen only for the sake of just keeping tabs on what I'm saying about the family. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the compliment and thank you for listening. (laughs) What about my laugh? (laughs) Oh, oh, that is such a nice laugh you have. Oh, keep it going. Rub it in, goddammit. We'll work on your laugh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Next is from Lisa. My favorite show of yours was the top 10 list episode this week. My grievance is that it took you guys 126 episodes to figure out this idea. (laughs) Seriously, you, Rick, claim to be a fan of David Letterman and overlooked this approach? Shame. Also, your story about going to see Letterman and bringing your friend with cancer was both hilarious and heartwarming. It was. I agree. Yeah. So let's do do more top 10s, I guess, is is what the request is. From time to time, we'll throw it in there. Sure. And last but not least from Keith. Christmas was two weeks ago. Some people are still lighting up their houses with Christmas lights. This is the problem with Christmas lights. They are nice when in season, but an eyesore beyond that. How do I get my neighbor to take his down? He's the worst because they stay up year round. It's an eyesore. 
I live in Walpole, by the way. <laughs> well, I don't. Keith, does Walpole have some type of ordinance against putting Christmas lights? Maybe you could complain to the town. Mm, drop a dime on drop your neighbor. Drop a dime. That's always yep. setting the table for an uncomfortable, uh, awkward ex- exchange at, yes, the, at the block the neighborhood party. Barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always think it's really weird. I understand there's a level of effort involved, and Rick, you know that better than anyone, in putting up and taking down Christmas lights, but it is very tacky to drive by someone's house and just see Christmas lights up in April, mm. you know? Easter lights? Yeah, but yeah. they're, you know, you know they're left over from the holidays. Yeah, no, I like this one because um, this is my crusade. Mm-hmm. I I feel like, okay, so it takes me three six-hour shifts to get our Christmas lights up. Three days. Wow. Six hours each. And then I can take them all down in about four hours. It's oh, okay. pretty quick coming down. But getting them up and replacing bulbs and all that stuff, it, it takes some work. So I can understand how people that put that effort into it want to extend the the lighting. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, you know, this is the worst part of the year. It's the darkest, shortest days. You know, here's something that's nice. How about some lights? Yep. I get it. Uh, what, where are we? We're like in mid-January now, so mm-hmm. we're coming up on we're coming up on a month yeah. after the fact. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that uh, the, you got you got to wrap it up. Yep, agreed. You got to wrap it up. Um, I I always light them up the weekend following Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then I was all about letting it go into the new year by a week or two. My wife is like, no, the Christmas tree comes down on the 26th. Oh, wow. Yep. And you go outside and take down the lights by New Year's. And um, we've had a spirited debate about it. And <laughs> I've come around. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if if I don't get them now, I'm going to be one of those people. Yeah. Because you, you do miss that window. Before you know it, it's freezing. Right. And there's They're ice everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like, oh, you, you put it off. And then and then in, in March, it starts melting. And you're like, <laughs> oh, now it's mud season. Right. You're always making an excuse. And you don't want to start the year off as the weather's coming in. Circling back and doing something that was so long ago like right. like there's no there's no gains here i should be like planting you know I should, the tulips are coming up and i'm here taking down my christmas <laughs> lights it's a very depressing experience mm-hmm. i would assume i mean i can't do it yeah so i take them down so so i took my lights down the night before uh, you know december 30th they came down done yep they're done boxed up put away back in the attic and uh, i can go about my life knowing that that box is checked now when you take them off are you like very careful to repackage them the way they're supposed to be? Or do you get to a point where you're like, fuck this, I'll just deal with it next year and you're just throw them all in? Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, present time Rick does future Rick a big favor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, because uh, future Rick has looked back on past Rick and yeah. been like, dude, you could have untangled this stuff. And I'm like, so, so I've, I've labeled things, I zip tie things, I yeah. hang, you know, the nets I hang. So they're, they, you know, it, it makes things streamlined. It's, it's not, uh, yeah. But the people that keep them up year round, like what? It's just laziness. No, that's white trash. Tacky. It is. That it is. is white it's trash. tacky. Very yeah. tacky. I presume that they're not lighting them anymore. They're just leaving them. There. Yeah. Which is bizarre. Yeah. That's not good. Hmm. Well, thank you, Diane, Lisa, and Keith. For your thoughts, keep them coming. Hi, Mom.
Okay. How about we uh, all feel a little bit better about ourselves <laughs> by looking down our nose at the bunghole of the week? Yes. All right. <laughs> Who do you have, Liz? All right. So this week's bunghole of the week is clueless, out of touch, entitled Susan. Susan took to her social media platforms to announce the cancellation of her upcoming wedding, which was four days prior to the nuptials. She and her fiance had saved $15,000 for their wedding before they started planning. Okay, so that's not a huge budget for a wedding, but if you have a budget, you work within that budget, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. say, okay, maybe we get married in a backyard and we just have a cocktail party and we have, you know, my cousin can play the music, whatever it is, you can do it, right? So, yeah, we did Absolutely. do it. Absolutely, yes. And yes. we didn't have a cousin play the music, <laughs> we had an iPod. Yes, there are things you can do yeah. to work within your budget. However... Yeah. After Susan and her fiancé visited a psychic, they were told to go for the pricier of the two venues they had been looking at. And suddenly, $15,000 just wasn't enough for the wedding of their dreams. Mm -mm. So I don't usually take budgeting or wedding planning advice from psychics. I feel like that's not really in their purview, but apparently Susan felt differently. So in order to make their revised budget of $60,000. Four times as much, yes. yes. They asked their guests to contribute $1,500 each to a wedding. So you at plus one, $3,000. Three, three grand. So yes. Oh, I would like goodness. to invite you and Leslie to my wedding. Can you please send me a check for $3,000 if you'd like to attend? That, <laughs> Can that's you ob- imagine? That's obnoxious. I mean, beyond. Ab- yes. So. Oh, also we're registered at Bed Bath & Beyond yeah. and Nordstrom's. <laughs> So Susan writes in this diatribe on social media, I specifically, I mean specifically, asked for cash gifts. How could we have our wedding that we dreamed of without proper funding? We'd sacrificed so much and only asked each guest for around $1,500. We talked to a few people who even promised us more to make our dream come true. I doubt that. Oh, my God. How old is she? Now, late 20s. Yeah. Still not an excuse. No. So when her classless fundraising attempt fell flat, Susan resent the wedding invitations, asking people to just, quote, donate what they could. So if three Gs was too much for you and Leslie, like, like 1,200, okay? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're getting, you shake, you're getting shake, shaken down shaken by down. the bride. Right. So she continues with her rant. Desperately, we resent our invites and ask people to donate what they could. I mean, seriously, people, what is $1,000? She writes, what is $1,500? Clearly not a lot. It would be quite manageable and within budget. I've heard of people asking for worse. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Like, no, you who haven't. are you surrounding yourself with? Mm. That's the, that's work. I mean, give me a break. <sighs> All of this spiraled and led her fiance to asking her to just downsize the wedding plans and elope in Vegas. Yep. That wasn't good enough for Susan, though, who said she, quote, just wanted to feel like a Kardashian for a day. Are you serious? That's the bar we're setting. That's the bar we're uh, setting. Gross. Her fiance has subsequently left her. Good, good. Her this maid is the best of part honor of the story. is no longer speaking to her, and Susan is. Uh, this is how she ends her diatribe. Mm-hmm. She is spending the next two months backpacking in South America, exploring my soul, and ridding myself of the toxic energy brought on by my friends and family. Oh my goodness! What a horrible human being. Yeah. And do you want to hear what's worse? Is that this wasn't just her fiance; it's her baby's daddy. Oh no! They have right? a kid together. Yes, God help that oh, child. You're attached to her in yes, some way, shape, forever. or form forever. Susan, you're an asshole. You are. <laughs> you are. It's even worse that she has a child. I know. You got to raise that kid. You got to provide for that yeah. kid. You got to put the kid first. But 
Not today, because you want to be a Kardashian. Kardashian. And where, who's taking care of your child for two months while you're backpacking in South America? This is terrible. You're a jerk. So, she, yes. She's going by herself, too. That's Well, yes. By Who would go with she, her? She needs to rid herself of the toxic energy caused by her friends and family that would not pay for her wedding. Well, I'm glad that the um, fiancé bailed. Yes. That's, that's great. the smartest move. He made. You know, if I were him, I'd take this momentum to court and say, I think I should get custody. Full yeah. custody of this kid. Because this lady mm-hmm. is making terrible life choices. Yeah. She's clearly a lunatic. Yes. I, I think <laughs> yeah. there's an argument there's like here. like a bipolarish. Again, here we go, diagnosing the mentally ill. But, yep. I mean, that's, to me... Lunatic behavior. Yeah, I think the I think the ex fiance needs to lawyer up, mm-hmm. and go for yeah, go for broke Just and get that ring back. Get the ring. Well, yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's, it's a gift. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I heard is uh, when you propose, do not do it at Christmas because mm. it's a gift. Whereas <laughs> if you do it, say in August, it's a contract. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is it legally binding though? Because nothing, nothing's been signed. Well, I'm not a lawyer per se, <laughs> but I do appreciate the argument there. Yep. This was not. No, this was my Christmas gift, Steve. <laughs> I'll be taking it with me. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep your turtleneck because I got you. Because that was a that was a gift too. <laughs> you don't see me asking for my turtleneck back, do you? Oh, man. So, yeah. So that was our our bunghole of the week. And I do like that we're, you know, revisiting Mm -hmm. some of the bits that we've done in the past, like the product of the week and all that. And so, yeah. Let's just go through them. Product of the week, uh, top tens. Yep. We can do that. Um, Bunghole of the week. Mm -hmm. And um, have we had any? Ushankas. We haven't done the Ushankas. Let's do that one next week. Let's just kind of compile Mm -hmm. some some ranty kind of things, some hot takes and stuff. (laughs) That's what we'll do next week. So, hey, Skittlebuds, uh, over to you. You want you want to hear anything in particular? Yeah. Throw it at us. Bothering you? Let us know. Every time we promote Park Street Books and Toys, we're telling you about the vast selection of books available to all levels of readers. No surprise there, because we also tell you they're New England's largest children's book and toy store. And on top of that, everyone on planet Earth can shop Park Street Books because they're on the web. But let's talk about their puzzles. They have a lot of those too, you know. There are the easy ones with like 24 to 48 pieces, but those are lame. I can finish those in like a few days. In fact, those are a waste of money. I don't even recommend you buy those. Instead, go for one of the 500 or 1,000 piece puzzles. Now you're in for like months of nonstop relaxing and meditative fun. You'll definitely feel accomplished after conquering one of those bad boys. So visit them in store or online at parkstreetbooks.com and start puzzling today. We are in the middle of winter and Mario's lawn care cannot do anything for you right now. Your lawn is dormant and he's probably on vacation anyway. However, the earth revolves around an elliptical orbit as it rotates on a tilted axis, which means we get seasonal changes to our climate. As a matter of fact, it won't be long before the sun will align over the equator, bringing us springtime. And with the spring comes more sunlight, longer days, and another season of excellent lawn care service by my pal Mario Apollody 
and his crew of Jay, Hussein, and Obi. They promptly show up, which right there sets them apart from a lot of the competition. Their talent, commitment, and quality of work makes them the premier caretakers of properties around town. So give Mario a call and tell him Rick sent you. 508 962 2243. Let's move on. We got to talk about uh, you're a mom, I'm a dad, you've got three kids, I have two. We have, I have a son and a daughter, you have two boys and a girl. Mm -hmm. And we raise them differently. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. We do. All right. Let's get into this because you wanted to talk about the double standard, I think is the perfect term for it, on how we uh, treat and approach parenting with each kid a little bit differently. Like my daughter's upbringing experience in this household is different than my son's. Right. We approach them differently. And I presume because you wanted to talk about this, that's predicated yeah. the whole point. So, uh, I'll let you take it away. Go, so, go ahead. So I wasn't thinking of double standard, and I know I, that's the, that's the term I use, and that's the term I mean. But I wasn't thinking of it as a as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. When you hear double standard, it's usually you know there's a negative connotation. But what made me think of it was so a few weeks back, loyal listeners, you may have heard that my son will had his heart broken for the first time and got dumped by his girlfriend, but fear not, he's off the bench and back in the starting lineup. So, yes. (laughs) 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 P-I-M-P. So, you know, these kids, they communicate through Snapchat primarily. Somehow through six degrees of separation, he Mm -hmm. connects with this girl who lives in a neighboring town on Snapchat. And they snap back and forth for a couple weeks then they start facetiming for a period of time and i know when he's like if we're hanging out on the couch after dinner and all of a sudden he gets up and runs out of the room like his pants are on fire like i know she's facetiming him so Uh they do that for a bit and then he says to me hey can i meet katie at um legacy place you know we want to walk around and grab dinner i said yeah sure and i said you remember all the dating rules that apply right and the doors and the tip paying and he's yeah 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 i remember Okay. So after I dropped him off at Legacy Place, like he was just meeting her in front of Kings or something like that, mm-hmm. I drove away and it occurred to me that fast forward four years from now, and if Avery came to me and she's like, I met some guy in another town online, like, can you take me to the mall to meet him? I'd be like, fuck no, because that's how your episode of Dateline begins, my friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? So, and that was when it, like, yeah. it dawned on me. And now I have. Listeners, you may or may not know, I have boy-girl twins. They're currently 10. So at some point, they will be going through what Will is going through now, but they'll be doing it somewhere around the same time. So if Brady said to me at 14, or if he does say to me, can you drop me off to meet a stranger I met online? Sure. If Avery says to me, can you drop me off to meet a strange dude I met online? No. No, I'm sorry. You're not doing that. You're going to remove Snapchat from your phone right now. (laughs) (laughs) It was, and again, I know I watch a lot of true crime and part of, part of my paranoia is probably colored by that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just, I didn't think twice. I didn't say to Will like, oh, like what, what's her last name? Like maybe I can see if I can find her mom on Facebook. Just so I had some context around something. I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I know Rosie is what, two years older, two years older than Charlie? Yes. Okay. So. 10 and eight. Okay. 
So she will be the first of your children to enter into this world of online chatter and dating and things like that. So, when she's 18. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, and I said, when I got home from dropping Will off, I said to Dan, you know what I just said to you. And he's like, oh, abs- absolutely not. We would never let Avery do that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. So that's two for two. Mm-hmm. Poor Avery. I know. So like, so as I'm telling you that, like, what's, is your perspective, like I'm an overprotective lunatic? I hate to say yes, <laughs> but I'm gonna <laughs> because, uh, well, if you shelter your kid, I know there's gonna be a couple of repercussions. And I'm this, I'm a first time, I, this is my first rodeo as a parent. Mm-hmm. I'm you're ahead of me, actually, but I uh, do kind of look ahead, right? Kind of see what the options are, see what's coming ahead. It's kind of yep. like chess, right? It's like, all right, what am I going to do when this happens and that's going to happen someday and let's start thinking about this. I feel like this might actually, well, what your thing, what your your mindset is probably not way out of line mm-hmm. compared to what other moms think. And that's probably a contributing factor to the fact that adolescent girls and their moms don't get along right. quite a bit. Right? Yep. She's going to hate me one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why they usually warm up to their fathers, but maybe in this case, she's gonna be like, I hate both of you. I know. <laughs> uh, nowadays, kids, this is what I would do. I think that you, and I feel like Dr. Phil now, with absolutely no credentials. <laughs> Neither does he. Doctor of what? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he a psychologist or something? Uh, is he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like you are coming from a good place. Concern, protection, that's your job. But maybe you can put some uh, safeguards in place, like secure the perimeter. Right, no, right. No, uh, she's got a, she'll probably have a phone. Yes. Or, ma- or Rosie has one of those little watches where yeah. she can like talk to you like, hey. Oh yeah, I mean, our kids are low jacked. Like uh, we know totally, where they are all the time. So, totally, yeah. right? Just, just put a geotag in her back pocket yes. and say, have at it. And yes. then just- Tail her. I know. No, but uh, what I, I would let Rosie okay. go about that. So With Leslie. I don't know. I think so. Okay. I think so. I think we want, and I'm not saying that you're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. but um, I'm a big proponent of showing Rosie what a man is supposed to be. Like by the way I treat my wife and how I treat her. And I feel like she needs to be independent. Yeah. And she needs to get out there and have those experiences. And the more of those that she gets the more likely she is to avoid the assholes yeah. and the pricks and the losers well, yeah, because they're I, out there. Yeah, I don't want to raise someone who isn't capable and confident. And, you know, my generation grew up with, you know, Disney princesses being rescued by Prince Charming <laughs> and sending a message that, oh, you're going to need a man to come up and take care of you and fix it and clean it. You know, like, that's yep. not the daughter I'm raising at all. That's right. not how I was, you know, raised by my parents. Yeah. But I just have that little paranoia in me that, that she is a physically more vulnerable person than her, her brothers, you know? Yeah. Well, I would uh, let her go ahead and mm-hmm. have this thing. Maybe have Leslie give her a talk about the, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Check all the little things you want to yeah. discuss, right? She yep. can do that. And then I could go drop her off and... Um, I think making a physical presence. Yes. Meet the fella. Yeah. Hey, buddy. (laughs) And then, uh, and then just make it 
known that, uh, all right, you guys go do you. I'm going to be over here. Right. And, and I don't leave the place. Not at 13. You know, 16, 17, 18. She's got a license. She can go out. Yeah. Maybe the double dating. I would encourage that maybe. But um, at this age, I, I would go, but I would be on site. Yeah, I think that's wise. And I think for like just knowing the kind of person I am, I would need like the baby steps a little bit too. You know, mm-hmm. okay, you can meet him. But like you said, I, I'm going to introduce myself when I drop you off and... You can stay for an hour and, or whatever. If I text you, text me back, that, that kind yep. of thing. Like I need, like the first time my kids walked up town, that's what I did. I'm like, okay, you can stay for 45 minutes and you meet me at Starbucks and then I'll come get you. And if you can do that, then you sort of earn, earn more, you know, freedom. Yep. And I think that that's probably how I'm going to be with her when it comes to, she's also like a very, I don't want to say timid because that's not an accurate description mm-hmm. of her, but she's not a... She's a rule follower. She's not someone who, you know, is going to, at least right now, I don't know. Fast forward a few years. It's going to be a totally different kid. I'm going to stop talking because these birds come back and haunt me. But right now she's a good kid. Yeah. yeah I, I actually, I'm kind of looking forward to dropping my kid off, going to JP Licks, getting like seven scoops yeah. of ice cream and just watching her on find my phone. Yes. Just, oh, she's in the oh, gap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then, and then just like ping, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, she just spent seventy three dollars on dad's credit card. Okay, <laughs> totally. So when I brought this up about like the double standards of parenting, mm-hmm. you know, girls versus boys, what was your initial thought about how you guys approach things here? Uh, well, we just had a conversation the other day about um, with another couple, mm-hmm. another family, about uh, how. In this town, you can go uptown, right? Yes. That's what we call it. So we get these half days of school, and the big exciting thing is to get uh, permission to not take the bus, but to walk uptown. And then you go to, you know, the shops and the stores, and, and it's uh, it's a rite of passage. It is. It's, it's a, huge. It, yeah, mm-hmm. because the kids start doing this in about uh, fourth grade, yep. right? Fourth grade, fifth grade. In fact, Rosie's Girl Scout troop hosted the first – uptown half day of school where they got together and did Aww. like a field trip so oh, that's cool. so they were just stressing on the girls you know hey when you cross the street it's not like in your neighborhood it's yeah. different there's there's double yellow line and there's traffic lights and people aren't from around here zipping through town so you need to kind of approach things differently i thought that was a nice uh um onboarding process mm-hmm. right for leveling up on yes. your responsibilities and now Rosie is uh, always making plans with friends and they're going uptown and here's $20 go do your thing yep and then we came to the realization that Charlie is going to be <gasps> at this level next year oh yeah and um there's no way in hell <laughs> Charlie can be trusted no way. Uh, no, I mean, he's not an idiot. Some of his friends just run across the street around yeah. here, not looking. They just zip across the street on their bikes. I mean, I've gone out, stopped, yelled at them, you know, but not the fear of God in them, but like, hey, 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 guys, you got to look both ways. Yeah. You know, where's your helmet? I never thought I'd be the where's your helmet I know. guy, but now I'm doing it <laughs> because, you know, if you don't want anything to happen on your watch, right? right. It just makes me feel horrible. So I would like to think that I'd let Charlie go off and do his own thing, but he is showing us impulsiveness. Yeah. Imp- impulsivity, is that a word? I just it made, is. Okay. It, it is. He is showing us impulsivity that would suggest that maybe he's not mature enough to be left alone. Would you let him go if you had the stipulation that 
you have to stay on the same side of the street. So you can walk, you know, walk up the street. You can go to the convenience store to get candy. You can go to the pizza place to get lunch. But that's like you have to stay on that side. You're not allowed to cross the, the main street. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like because this small town sort of is a community in this mm-hmm. regard. There's there's a downtown cop. Yep. And um, everyone knows. I mean, the traffic just comes to us. There's a lot of kids around. I think the kids will police themselves. Yeah. I will. I will. At the end of the day, I will let my kid go. But it's going to come with maybe Dad goes on the first trip because I like that Girl Scout. Yeah. Thing and Charlie's. Yep. Without, you know, he needs that onboarding process, I think. Yeah. And I like, again, I like sort of the baby step approach with that. You Mm -hmm. know, the first, again, the first time I let Avery do it, I said, all right, well, I'm going to be at Starbucks at whatever time you need to come in and check with me at that time. And if you still want to go out and about, that's okay. But like, I need to know, you know, you you guys are doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're, you're staying with your group and all that. Cause you know, Sometimes one kid wants to go here, one kid wants to go there, and then, you know, I worry that my kid is going to be like, now I, where'd my group go, and now I'm all by myself, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is an adorable little rite of passage, and I think the adults in this town, when they know it's a half day, they they pay, first of all, they probably steer clear of that town center, which is wise, <laughs> but if they do have to drive through, they're a lot more cautious sure. than normal because those kids, are they're like, it's like playing Frogger. They're, like, just darting right out into yeah. traffic. When Leslie and I got married, and we, because we, we were a little bit older, right? We're 35. Mm-hmm. We got married. We pretty much got into the let's have kids stage. Yep. And my mindset was I want a boy first, I want a girl second, mm-hmm. and then we'll wrap it up. So, what was the rationale behind that? Well, the rationale was I'm a boy. <laughs> I, I, I know the boy mentality. Right. Uh, there's comfort in in uh, in that, and yep. and also there's this uh, this kind of machismo thing, like the boy will I've take got a care son. of the, yeah yeah. <laughs> I and, have an heir. <laughs> yes, and uh, the boy will protect the daughter. And look at what we just talked about, right? Like this guy can't even cross the street. Right. You know, <laughs> now that I have the daughter, I, it's it's. I think it's very helpful because it's like another set of eyes on. Yeah. You know, like she's, she's yeah. way more mature. Mm-hmm. She's got her stuff together. She's she does her homework like proactively. Oh, wow. Where Charlie goes along with it. But it's like, hey, all right, let's do that. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a little different. It's different. It's, yeah. Just, they're just wired differently. She does everything right. She is the perfect Aww. kid. She really just brings so much joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. There's no. There's no bullshit. Yeah, it's like she just she's a pleaser. You know, no, she's been. I read in bed at the end mm-hmm. of the night, and she comes in and reads next to me. Oh, that's so cute, Leslie. So it's Leslie, Rosie, me, the dog. <laughs> Where's Charlie? He goes to bed. He, okay. he hates reading. Oh, <laughs> he hates reading. This is the other thing. He's a typical boy. Oh, yeah, he's like, a boy. He's, he's a boy. He's great too. Mm-hmm. Really good kid. So having Rosemary, having a daughter. There's a lot of peace of mind, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel comfortable going for a dog walk and leaving her home. Yeah. You know, Charlie, only if Rosie's home. Yes. If Rosie was gone, I don't know if I'd leave Charlie. I, I don't know. It's just, No, that's, that's fair. He's still little. Yeah. He's so, little. so it's all flipped. Mm-hmm. It's all flipped. Yeah. I used to think the boy will be in charge. The boy will be the alpha. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no he's like, the daughter is nothing against him. It's just. The daughter has her shit together a little right, bit more. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, when I so I didn't have brothers, so when I found out, and I didn't I didn't find out what I was having when I was pregnant with Will if it was going to be a girl or a boy, but. Mm-hmm. You know, when he came out and I said it was a boy, I was like really excited because I, I don't know. I just thought it would be a really cool experience to have a son. Cause I, again, I didn't have any brothers and it was very cool. Like learning about all the superheroes and learning about all this and then playing with trucks and this and that. And then when I got pregnant with twins, we did find out the genders mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, if it's two boys, like that's going to be a lot, but Ooh. I'll be, okay. I'll, I, I'll be okay. Yeah. We have one already. I'll be okay. And I was like, if it's boy girl, like that was sort of my ideal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if it's two girls, nope. <laughs> and I feel horrible saying that because I have twin nieces who are lovely and adorable oh, yeah. and whatever. Okay. They're super cute. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't think I could handle like the level of competition that likely comes along with parenting two girls yeah. at the same time. Especially, especially if, I don't know. Yeah. If they're identical, yeah, they're just coming at you in stereo when there's an argument. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, one of the so anyway, one of the other double standards we have in our house, and mm-hmm. it didn't even occur to me it was happening until one of my boys pointed it out. We always have Will and Brady help Dan out in the yard with stuff, whether it's raking or picking up sticks or whatever, and they get paid. But they're like, you never ask Avery to do this. Oh yeah, and I was like, they're right, we don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why she's perfectly capable there's nothing wrong with her physically that she cannot rake or pick up sticks or shovel snow but we've never asked her to do it i don't think it's wrong to to stereotype or gender assign certain tasks yeah because i'm not out there raking leaves either quite frankly yeah i don't want my wife to get up and clean the gutters Mm -hmm. on a 20 foot ladder i don't want her to do it and when i see if i did see a wife 20 feet up on a ladder I would be like, your husband sucks. Right. Like, get down. I'll take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not that you can't handle it. Right. But there's just some things that I feel like the husband should just take care of. Yep. Right. I remember we used to have a neighbor and uh, the the mom would mow the lawn. And I always thought, wow, the guy is such a loser. Oh, let me tell you sort of the flip side to that. My friend Karen loves to mow her lawn because it gets her out of the house and away from her kids. She puts on some noise-canceling headphones, yep. and she's like, this is a really lovely 45 minutes for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. If they want to yeah. do what you want. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, uh, you know, it's a chore. Nobody likes to do chores. Right. Paint the shed. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, and Leslie leans into the stereotypical stuff. Like, we pretty much do, too, at our house. I just it, very organically yeah. it happened. You know, I've, there I've, wasn't any discussion about it. Yeah, I'm like, how come I'm doing this? Because you're the husband. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I appreciate the candor and your mm-hmm. answer, and I will do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, who has a bigger bedroom, Rosie or Charlie? Rosie. Yes, because she's a girl, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we, so Avery and Brady <laughs> shared a bedroom because they were twins. They shared a bedroom for five years. Okay. And then, you know, they decided they wanted their own rooms. Yep. And the bedroom they were currently in is the biggest spare bedroom we have because it had to have two cribs mm-hmm. in it and two beds. Yep. And then... Our spare bedroom, which was at one time an office, is the smallest of the bedrooms that we have. So I said, well, that'll be Brady's bedroom, obviously, because Avery needs this one. And Dan didn't even bat an eye. He's like, okay. (laughs) And again, she doesn't necessarily have more stuff than the boys, but it's just she's a girl. At some point, she probably will have more stuff, and she needs the bigger bedroom. Okay. I I have a reason why. Oh, okay. It's uh, chivalry. Oh, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, give give the lady the bigger <laughs> room. Right. That's nice. Yeah. I think I think, hey, you're a dude. Man up. Right. Take the smaller room. <laughs> shut up. 
Right? Like, Does Charlie care? Or do they even know he, this? I don't even think yeah. he cares. He no, yeah. knows. No, mm-hmm. no. He just wants a Michael Jordan poster and yes. two basketball hoops. And yep. he's good. Oh, yeah. He's we got good. Brady some cool bunk beds. Yep. Picture of Gronk. He's, yep. he's all set. Yep. <laughs> uh, how do you interact with the with their friends? Is there a difference? They're do you feel a closer? Or? Because the girls... I'm, so Avery has friends over a lot more often than Brady. So I feel like and a lot of Avery's friends are like, you know, like Rosie, they're from mm-hmm. daycare. So mm-hmm. I've known these girls forever, feels like. Yeah. So I know a lot more about, I'm friends with their mom. So I know, you know, like where they're going on vacation or that they just got a new pet. So I have like more of a personal relationship with her friends, mm-hmm. Brady's buddies. Um, I don't know them quite as well and I don't know their parents quite as well. So mm-hmm. I don't have the same level of interaction with them. With Will's friends... I just shut up. I'm, I'm a mom. I'm not cool. I say, hi, how are you? Good, Mrs. Daly. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. And then I shut my mouth. <laughs> really? really? Yeah. And I, and it's, it wasn't always like that, uh-huh. but I've also found it better. Like, especially if you're like driving them to and from the mall or something like that. Yeah. Shut your mouth and they will share a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So there's some, there's a method to your madness mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Cause they think. If you're not interacting with them, they're so dumb. They think you're not listening. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're so, tuned out. You're, do tell yeah. me about all the high school kids that are vaping behind Puppuccinos. Oh, I would wow. like to keep a mental note of those kids. Wow. So, yes. <laughs> is- yeah, so it depends on the kids who are over. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I'm sure I'll transition into not interacting as frequently with Avery and Brady's friends because it'll just be embarrassing for them. Hmm. Okay. I think you're going to have a hard time with that. <laughs> I am. I am. Well, you know what? When I taught ninth grade, I thought this is the best age. I really like your son, Will, is yeah. ninth grade. Yep. See, this is this is a great age because I felt like ninth graders, they're in high school, but they're really just big eighth graders. Yes. Yes. They're really just so. big kids mm-hmm. still. And they're just on the cusp of becoming young adults. Yep. And there's still some of that purity and innocence and um, optimism. Mm-hmm. You know? And like figuring, there's like a, just enough curiosity. Of a, yes, they're curiosity. like trying to figure the, themselves out, and mm-hmm. you know they're not the like oh I'm the coolest because they're like they're oh God I'm like a freshman and yeah. a little fish in this big pond and yeah yeah, yeah. so I think uh, yeah I, I, I they always say you know when I, before we were parents. I would always hear, oh, it only gets better. And I thought, oh, my God, my daughter's two. My son's mm-hmm. my son is zero. Right. <laughs> and this is perfect. I could freeze time right here. And then another year goes by. I have a three and a one-year-old. This is perfect. I would, could freeze time. And every year, mm-hmm. it does get a little better. Yeah. It does get a little more. Now I have really good interpersonal relationships with my kids. We yes. have these conversations and stuff. Maybe you'll be able to feel it. Like, it's different me having a conversation one-on-one with Will versus him having some buddies over and I'm like in the middle of their conversation, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, yeah. we have really good one-on-one conversations and, you know, at the older they get, the more important those conversations are because what they're dealing with is so much more complicated and complex than what they were dealing with at four, five, six, seven years old. Oh, sure. You know, and yeah. you have to figure out how to ask probing questions, but not come off nosy. And you have to respond to information that you might get that you don't love without looking judgmental, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard. Um, but to your point, like keep those conversations going as long as possible because when they shut you out, that's when there's a problem. Well, I feel like, uh, in this town, it's so it's, uh, the size of the town with like 12,000 is every kid in third grade is in the same school. Yep. 
and there's no merging of schools. There's no, oh, the south side, the kids on the other side of the tracks. Well, at sixth grade, they'll meet at the middle school. No, mm-hmm. the kids in your third grade classrooms, you know, at the school that you're at are the kids you are graduating yeah. with. Yeah. 100% of them, all of them. There you go. And uh, I go to concerts, I go to soccer games, I go to, you know, baseball games, and you see the same people and you you know people you see kids and they come around to yep. the house maybe they maybe they were in different classrooms so there's a a, a cooling period in that friendship but now it's back on mm-hmm. right Do you feel yeah like oh absolutely yeah. so i feel like i know at least a hundred kids mm-hmm. personally by name hi mr fink hi ashley <laughs> you know that kind of thing i yeah. always make sure to i feel like it's important to have relationships with all these kids because they'll trust you they'll respect mm-hmm. you and when they do get older they'll think twice about you know, trying to hoodwink me. Right, right, right. Like, I would like to know that my wife and I could go to the Cape for the weekend without coming back and finding bottle caps in the in the potted oh, plants. You I know? know, we're getting to that age. I mean, at least mm. I, I, you've got a few more years, but I'm getting to that age. Yeah. I mean. So when I hang out with my son's friends, like, let's say we're in the driveway playing some basketball mm-hmm. and we're working on our alley-oops or uh, I'm just... You know, stuffing a kid. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm like, get out of here. You know, we will talk trash to each other, mm-hmm. each other. But they, you know, keep in mind, I am the adult. Right. You know, you can, yes, you can call me weak sauce because I, <laughs> I threw an air ball. <laughs> Mr. Fink, you're weak sauce. At least you called me Mr. Fink. So yes. That, yeah. So anything that's after that's funny. okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's fair. And it tells mm-hmm. me that I've got their trust. I got their back. Yes. They're, right? they're comfortable enough around you to joke around. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't talk like that with my daughters. Yeah. <laughs> You know, my daughter's friend. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I ask them, how's school going? Yes. You know, what's new? How, how's basketball? I love having people over for dinner. Mm-hmm. Because then you just, they're just, it's a conversation. Oh, it's, totally. You know? Yeah. Yep. And they, it's all exciting to them. They're like, wow, it's like I'm part of your family tonight. <laughs> right. Oh, it's that's like, so cute. Yeah. Except we're kicking you out in 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know. We all want to say that we treat our kids equally and we parent them equally. But at the end of the day, they're all different individuals. You really can't parent them all the same, whether it's because of their gender, whether it's because emotionally they, you know, one of them can handle something one way, the other can't handle it the other way. It's the way they respond to discipline, the way they respond to motivation, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And that's the toughest part about being a parent, I think, at least for me, was realizing there wasn't this, like, one-size-fits-all approach to how I'm going to parent my kids. Yeah. So, Scuttlebuds, if you, you know, are worried about any double standards as it relates to your children, please don't. It's the same in every house, I think. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going through the same thing. And nobody has any answers. And also, you want to know something, no matter what you do, if you just love them and pay attention to them, they're going to turn out fine. Exactly. Right? I think. I agree. I agree. So that's the lesson for today. <laughs> also, I think let them both raise each other in a way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, a lot of times if our kids are going at it, I heard top of my lungs, um, Leslie and I just looked at each other and started laughing, like stifled laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, because we still wanted to hear what was going on. But I heard Rosie scream at the top of her lungs. The worst thing you could ever hear. And I was shocked because it, this isn't her, but mm-hmm. she screamed, I hate you. Oh, <laughs> no way. What egregious crime did Charlie oh, commit to elicit I, that reaction? It was about the clicker. 
Oh it my god! It's always about something stupid. Yes. Always. But you know, Rosie, when we went out, we finally then they were yelling and they, but they won't touch each other, which is great. Oh. Charlie knows you don't lay a hand yeah. on your sister, and Rosie knows. Um, but you just hear the screaming, and Leslie and I are like, you know, we're the referees that don't blow the whistle right yeah. away. We're like, let, they'll figure it out. After about five minutes of just the screaming mm. and, and stuff, we were like, "All right, let's let's go break." They, they didn't figure it out. Yep. They've had yeah, ample time. <laughs> and we go over there, and we're like, "What is going right. on?" In a and, class on conflict resolution. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, and they both start like Charlie like cry yells back like, "He watches the TV. He watches everything. All you you get to pick all the time." <laughs> and uh, I was on Team Charlie because Rosie. She once she gets the remote control, she does not let go. That's of it. Avery too. She takes yeah. it to the bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> she takes it to the bathroom. I'm like, where are you going with that thing? Like, I'll be in, you know, making dinner, and she's walking by. I'm like, the TV's in there. She doesn't want anyone to hijack whatever crappy show she forced you all to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, has been we have had uh, SpongeBob on a loop, uh, and I'm I'm I can't do it. I've told him. I said, yeah. you guys, no. And something else, because that's a show. If you're engaged and you're watching it in a small dose, it can be a very funny show. I can get that's it. what I hear. But yeah, we had that same thing going on in our house. I was like, no. If more. it's background noise, mm. you're just hearing annoying yes. voices and annoying sounds for yep. the sake of being annoying. It's just not. Nah. It's like it, it, I can't nails on a chalkboard. Stop, yeah, stop yes. it. Stop it. Yes, or something agreed. else. <laughs> All right, Liz. So we're parents. We're not perfect. No, but, but we try and. Uh, I'm not worried about your kids. I'm not worried about yours. Good. We've got good heads on our shoulders. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. I definitely married up too. So So did my husband. So So that's the other thing. It's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, your mom is Leslie. (laughs) And that's a pretty good, that always makes me feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But anyway. All right. So we are done with the show, right? I think we're all set. You want to just wrap it up and uh, get us out of here? Thank you guys for listening. And please send us more of your emails. We would love to hear from you. Go to smalltownscuttlebutt.com and click on the grievance button on the homepage. Uh, If you are not following us on social media, you should. Go to Facebook or Instagram. We are Small Town Scuttlebutt. And on Twitter, we are at Scuttle Rebuttal. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Delivering a weekly podcast takes time and money. We make the time, and we need to make the money, too. That's where our sponsors come in. If you like the show, please lend your support to the businesses that support us. Park Street Books, Perez Martial Arts, APC Pest and Termite Control, Mario's Lawn Care, Royal Pizza, Smear Campaign, Larkin's Wine and Spirits, and Mike Page Studios.